Owners of a direct care practice are more likely to experience higher job satisfaction than the insurance-based practice, and it's no wonder why. Direct care is independent of insurance. Patients pay the doctor directly for their expertise. The doctor gets full autonomy in how they care for patients and how they get paid. We've chosen this path for the love of medicine. This is the direct care way. By listening to this podcast, you may even start to believe that you too can have a successful direct care practice. Come listen with an open mind as I share my personal journey on how I pivoted from an insurance-based practice to direct care right in the middle of the pandemic and the valuable lessons along the way. This podcast may be the very thing you need to revitalize your medical practice. I'm your host, owner of a direct care podiatry practice, Dr. T. Nguyen. The one skill that a lot of physicians don't have, mostly because it's not taught in our medical education, but is necessary to build our dream practice, is marketing. I talk a lot about how to market yourself and how to build your brand throughout the episodes here, and this one is going to be highlighting the expert in marketing, and he has a lot to share with us. We talked about knowing who you serve, highlighting your expertise on your website, understanding what stage you're in in your practice, which will correlate to how much money you spend on your marketing efforts, and more specifically, how to differentiate your direct specialty care practice from insurance alternatives. We talk about the advantages direct specialty care doctors have because we are building relationships within our community and how that helps us be very different from insurance alternatives because insurance alternatives often rely on just referrals. So they're not trying as hard in these different areas, which is something we can leverage to make our names known within our community and get people to book appointments and become our patients. So I don't want to steal his thunder. Let's dive right in into this conversation. I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome, Jim McDonald. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us about marketing. And I see that you were a podiatrist and now you had ventured into your own business as a practice marketer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So I went to podiatry school, three years of residency, and then practiced in a big orthopedic uh, surgical clinic for five years and just felt like I was kind of more drawn to the communications and marketing side. I'd always kind of been a writer and uh, done some promotion and some marketing, some side projects I'd had in the past. So yeah, this just uh, it felt like a natural fit to kind of gradually make the shift towards providing um, you know websites and marketing services for podiatrists and other specialists. So I can absolutely understand that because I don't think we really treat communication in the way we handle medicine the same as how we treat, how we bring them in into practice. It is a little bit of an art and I personally feel the same. I love to write. I love to communicate. And that's why I was so drawn to your work because I can see where it aligns in being a clinician, but also the practicality of how do we actually bring patients into our practice in the most effective way in this day and age. Yeah, for sure. So uh, like I mentioned, I was uh, practicing a large, large group and um, you know, I, as time went on, I, like I said, I was kind of wanting to shift careers. So basically I was practicing in Oregon. I met a wonderful woman from uh, Montreal, Canada, moved to Canada, practiced here a little bit, and then kind of used that, I guess, distance from the, uh, from practice to kind of, uh, go out and about and work in some different roles in communication. So I was writing articles for a website called the wire cutter that got bought by the New York times. Um, basically you pick, you know, I was writing like, what's the best orthotic, what's the best. Uh, I have a running background as well. So it's the best, best running watch. 
Um, and then kind of found my way into working for the Canadian uh, track and field team, uh, basically as a communications and marketing person. So I got to go to the Rio 2016 games and work with them, which was a pretty fun and exciting experience. As someone who has a running background like myself, I was never physically able to make it to the Olympics, be able to be there with the Canadian team and Rio is awesome. But uh, I have two small children and, you know, being away for eight to 12 weeks out of the year at competitions around the world just didn't make sense. So I just uh, talked with my wife and uh, utilized my communications and marketing, uh, started working for a heart rate monitor and GPS watch company called Polar. And then while I was doing that, some of my colleagues, uh, podiatry colleagues were like, hey, we're seeing you're doing communications, we're seeing you're doing marketing. Uh, I'm paying this marketing agency like $4,000 a month, and I have no idea what they're doing. Uh, it's not that they're doing a bad job, but they can't communicate with me like what the value is. They're telling me about clicks and impressions, and I have no idea what they're doing. So uh, over the last, basically since 2019, I've been working with podiatrists and some other specialists to kind of uh, help kind of bridge that gap to make sure that people are getting kind of high ROI or, um, you know, building websites that, you know, rank well in Google, but also really kind of uh, put their practice uh, out there as an expert in whatever sub you know subsection of podiatry or their medical specialty is to make sure they're getting kind of more of the patients they want to practice. So that's how I, it's a little longer explanation of how I made that switch, but um, that's how it kind of came about. Yeah. It's really important to see where you come from because I I've had experience with other marketing firms and it was just hard to have a conversation about what my ideas were and to have it translated in a way that, you know, was understandable to the general public. And so I do feel like just having the background of the specialist that knew what I was doing inside the clinic and also what the public is looking for. It was really important to me. And also the expense was humongous for not knowing what they were doing and just assuming they're going to do the best job. But the alignment was really important to me, which is why I reached out to you. And, you know, you had talked about you predominantly work with podiatrists, but I do see all specialists having the need to know how to market their direct specialty care practice. And the audience for this podcast are MDs, DOs, and podiatrists. So what would be some key things you would share about how direct specialty care practices should market that's different from, let's say, an insurance practice? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think really kind of starts off with, uh, kind of what do you want to do with your practice? It sounds kind of, uh, kind of elementary, but you really want to start with thinking, okay, what are there specific type of demographics of patients that I want to see? Am I want to have a general practice? That's totally fine. But is there some sort of patient that is like, you get excited to come see them each day. And by, by doing that, it kind of sets, sets the stage for, how you're going to set up all of your different marketing channels, right? So if you want to do diabetic foot care, you need to really have an amazing website that really highlights that expertise that you have. So I think the first thing is like, you know, taking a step back and really understanding, you know, why did you get into direct care to start off with? And then what are you, what is kind of the end goal? What do you hope to accomplish um, with, with your practice? Um, and then also kind of, you know, you know, when it comes to direct care, it's like, what is your current level of marketing and kind of what stage are you in, in your practice? Right. So it, it doesn't make sense if you're just starting right to go get a three, two or $3,000 a month marketer to do it for you. Right. Maybe you're not so busy in practice. So you can spend time going to local providers and telling them about your care, your service. So, you know, understanding where you're on that journey. So you can really focus on um, making those connections within um, the, the kind of specialty or the type of care that you want to provide. But yeah, that's really, really, really important as far as that goes. Also, like you talked about, you know, as far as direct care versus insurance practice, you know, insurance-based practices, you know, I think it's really understanding that what differentiates you 
from the insurance practices. Sometimes it is that, you know, more personal touch, you know, as far as being able to spend more time with your patients, maybe there's additional build benefits of building, you know, stronger relationships with these patients that you can highlight uh, in your marketing, but it's, you know, harnessing maybe things like testimonials uh, in the marketing or on your website. If it's, I know in some states or in some, uh, uh, you know, jurisdictions. I, can do, I do another podcast where in Australia, for example, you can't have testimonials on your website, but knowing what your local um, medical ethics and laws are around testimonials and things, but those types of things can be really, really powerful for direct care specialists because you're up to, they're able to kind of speak for you in a way and really highlight those differentiators that really make you special. Um, when it comes to that as well, I think, you know, uh, also kind of building up that online presence after you spend some time uh, out in the real world, you know, whether it be providing um, community events, I think can be really helpful, like whether it be talks or you know, talking to local running shoe stores. But there's a lot of things that you can kind of leverage when you're, when you're getting into direct care space that, you know, maybe someone that's insurance space is just going to sit back and hope the patients come in, for example. You had mentioned um, a couple of things I want to dive into, like sure. online presence. What does that mean for somebody who, let's say, doesn't really hang out online or has an aversion to social media? Like what does that mean to have online presence? Yeah. So I would kind of explain that's just kind of how does your, what, how does your clinic kind of appear online? For example, a lot of times when people are trying to make a first impression, you know, it was kind of through maybe newspapers or magazines or um, a, a TV ad or something, or maybe on the radio, but more and more people are finding their healthcare providers through things like Google search or um, paid advertisements on Google. Um, so it's really kind of a, it's kind of a catch-all term, I would say for number one, your clinic website, because that's kind of your home on the internet for your clinic. Uh, the second part is kind of like I mentioned their search. You know, people are using Google or Bing or other search engines to find what they want. They have a problem and they're looking for a solution. So they'll turn to Google or to a search engine. Another is kind of online reviews uh, and reputation. So you know, people have a fantastic experience. And I think that's really something that everybody in listening to this podcast should consider is that um, if someone has a great experience in your clinic, whether it be a video testimonial or written testimonial or a Google um, review, try to capture that and not be shy about asking for those things because um, it's a real benefit, not only to you, but to your local area to know that, you know, if your patient has a great experience, they, they can kind of share this digital word of mouth in a way. Um, another aspect of an online presence is uh, getting in touch with people via email, um, whether it be recall campaigns, let people know it's time for them to kind of have the re the orthotics taken care of, or some type of, you know, if they have other, some type of uh, treatment that needs to be done on a consistent basis, it can be helpful to do things like emails. Um, also with emails, it can be helpful just to show patients all the care that you provide. Uh, so by, you know, getting their permission to send them an email, they may not know that you do ingrown toenails or they may not know that you do sports physicals or something, right? So uh, an email that's kind of educational and, you know, it really helps people understand the more what you do, um, not only helps that patient, but maybe their local network, right? Or their, their friends and family are, are curious about things. And by sending that out to one of your patients, you're more top of mind to your patient. And last but not least is kind of more the advertising promotional stuff. Um, the thing about when people do Google ads or search advertising is that people are actively looking for a solution to a problem, you know, whether it be display advertising or Facebook advertising, it's more for awareness. You know, people may not know that you do shockwave therapy or um, like plantar plate injections or fat pad injections or something, but 
if you make an, a display advertisement for that, it's a way of getting that awareness around that procedure or something you do for patients more visible. So this online presence is more just kind of a combination of all the ways that people can find out about you and the care you provide online. That was a lot jam-packed in like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry if I, sorry if I like blew your brain out there a little bit. No, I really enjoy it because, you know, the first time we hear this type of information, it may not all saturate, but each time we start working on a small part of our practice, especially when we have a cash practice where we're bootstrapping in the beginning, we're working on maybe just getting that testimonial link emailed or text to patients, or maybe we're working on just what does an email campaign even look like, you know, getting onto a service where we can start inputting and collecting email. So these are all very small parts. And it's very obvious that you're the expert on how to do this cohesively and not just try to piecemeal and budget, doing it in a way that makes your entire SEO effective, which is why I really need a professional to be honest. But some of us are bootstrapping. <laughs> so we just need to start with the baseline, not just maybe we don't want to do it all ourselves, but at least start having the language to communicate with our marketer exactly what it is we want so that we can understand where they're coming from. So an example of that is I had hired a marketing team and I wanted very specific things in um, my Google ads, but they never shared with me that it takes eight to 12 months for your website to even calculate in the Google search for it to be valued or not, to be on the first page or not. And so at the time I saw when things weren't working after month to month, because we're really neurotic. We're constantly looking at our numbers, but when we don't see change or significant change in the first three months, we feel that it's not effective. Whereas from the marketing standpoint, it just needs maturation. So that's the kind of level of detail that I wish I had, I had with various marketing agencies that could communicate with me in an effective way and say, look, I understand that you're not seeing growth, but here are our results and why that's important. And it matters the duration of how you continue on to this program. Do you, do you see what I'm coming from or where we get yeah. caught up in our own brains? <laughs> no, no, exactly. I think, especially when you're paying, you know, a, a significant budget to have these services taken care of, you really have to have, you have to, the person has to kind of set the expectations with you to make sure you're kind of along the ride with them, right? If they say, oh, you're going to spend this and they don't really give you any kind of time frame, I think it's normal to have that concern or to be to kind of, feel like what what's happening here, right? To feel a little neurotic at times, but, um, and there's different channels that will, like I said, like there's like, for example, like you just mentioned kind of ranking on Google, Google, for example, or even paid ads, right? So it also depends on where the local, you know, what, who, are, who else is in the local area that's marketing in these ways as well. You know, if you're the only person in the middle of Nebraska, or if you're, you know, versus somewhere like in New York city or the Bay area or something, the level of kind of marketing competition can be much more, right? So each place is going to kind of have that channel that will really connect with people, right? If you have 25,000 people on your email list versus like 500, you know, it's everything. I think one of the things too, is that a lot of the current marketing agencies or sometimes the softwares that I see that do marketing is that it, it doesn't necessarily take into account all of these individual variances and differences, right? So your the size of your practice, you know, what you've done so far, the location you're in, you know, what your goals are. So it, it could, you know, a lot of people that are trying to, you know, work with a, a large marketing agency or even things like marketing software, like patient pop, for example, like it's going to treat you just like it does everybody else generally. And it's not kind of like a, necessarily a one size fits all for everybody. Um, there's definitely certain things that ring true on different channels, but you really have to kind of approach it from someone that's willing to kind of like audit what you're currently doing and then 
understanding your local area, what your goals are, and then kind of put together, it doesn't have to be reinventing the wheel every single time, but just more of a personalized plan. I wanted to know how important do you think it is for a cash practice to highlight that they don't take insurance? Like, should that be on the first page? Should that be like hidden somewhere? Like what are your thoughts around that? I think transparency is great. So I think letting people know on the front page, it's really, really helpful because number one, it's going to save not only you time, uh, like not only their time, but you time as well, because if they don't know or um, that you're a cash practice, like you may get a lot of phone calls or let's say you're running ads, for example, and you're not kind of putting that information up front, it could be a, a huge waste of time and money, both for you and for the patient in a way. So I think you know, finding that right level of transparency um, is really, really important. I know that some people go as far as to kind of like put their, the pricing list for all their care and services on their website. I think there's like a, there's a couple of surgical centers and some other places that I've seen do that. And I think that it helps kind of align expectations in a way that's kind of a win-win. Um, I, I know that sometimes it can be difficult though, in some ways, because with Dr. Google and people already thinking they know what they have when they come into your practice, they're like already maybe adding up what they think the bill is going to be or something. And so maybe even if you have the the kind of pricing there on your, on your homepage or somewhere on your website, that's very easy to see. It can still lead to like that kind of uh, that money or that kind of s- some confusion amongst patients. But I think the more you can be transparent with the patient, um, you're kind of starting, starting a relationship off in an honest way. Um, and not, you know, not everyone has to do that if you don't want to, but I think, I think it is a, um, it's the way that I think is probably most beneficial both for you and for the patient. I like that. I don't think we have enough conversations around money and how important it is to allow patients the time to budget. Cause I don't think it's a bad thing to have pricing. Some people might say, it'll turn off potential patients. And then I can see doctors offering free consultations, you know, if they wanted to do that or a lower cost consultation. Um, I've seen, I've seen it all done, but I really like your take on, you know, how important it is to create that relationship right off the bat. Cause in the beginning I had to field a lot of phone calls around insurance and I was like, I really don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) This is why I got out of it. (laughs) Right. So one last thing before I let you go, what are doctors doing now in regards to their marketing plan or lack thereof that you think they need to stop? (laughs) What mistakes are we making? Yeah, I think people are kind of living uh, on what I say, like the marketing extremes. So you have kind of the people that really have dipped their toe in the marketing water. Let's say they, they work either the small agency or they try to do it themselves and they probably had a budget, you know, somewhere in the, the zero to like $500 a month range. And they're expecting a lot from that spend. Um, or you're working with someone that just didn't really kind of create a custom plan for you. So, and there becomes kind of this, you know, all, they're kind of uh, upset that like, it's not working, right? It's just supposed to like send patients to the door right away you know, after the first couple of months. So there's this kind of, and, and then on the other side of it too, right? Is like spending too much money or just not having the kind of clear goals and objectives before you just jump in and hire you know, like a, an agency or a consultant in some way. So I think it's trying to find that kind of middle ground or kind of, maybe it's more like kind of building blocks. Uh, if people seeing that their marketing is like, it's not just an all or none situation. It's something you can kind of gradually build up. It's kind of like you talked about uh, earlier, you know, you're kind of taking one step at a time, you know, finding that kind of, you know, developing kind of a plan to start off with and understanding what those 
different options are to build off and those Lego blocks are to build in the future and kind of walking your way towards that goal. Like I said, I think people are either like, either want to like, they're not doing any marketing or very little marketing at all and say it doesn't work or they're just doing, spending so much and are unhappy with kind of a, the return they're getting because they're maybe doing like set their marketing agency or they're trying to do six or seven or eight different things. I think it's important to really focus on doing one or two or three things really, really well to begin with um, and know that that will have focusing on channels will gradually build momentum over time as opposed to, like I said, this kind of like all or nothing mentality that sometimes happens, which is normal because we didn't go to medical school or podiatrist school residency to become marketing experts. I'm not saying this is like a podiatrist fault, but, or, or a specialist fault. It's just something that we don't, a lot of podiatrists or specialists don't have experience uh, doing these things and knowing what their options are. So, you know, working with someone to have kind of a clear, kind of a stepwise plan will kind of help eliminate that all or nothing kind of mentality. That's really good information. So you said to have a clear objective to know that $1 in doesn't mean $1 out. <laughs> Not initially, at least. <laughs> Not initially, but hopefully eventually, um, like the seed you plant, you have to water it and to see their return. It sounds like it's really important to have that open relationship with your marketing team, not just abdicating, not just handing it off and saying, you do what you will, bring the patients in. Um, that was a big learning lesson for me. You know, I when I was bootstrapping, I was overwhelmed and I was like, whatever I can get off my plate, I would love. And then when I did that, I had little to no control or really understanding on how to market myself online. So that's really important as well. Do you have any last minute notes that you want to share about your business, about things we can do right now as a specialist in direct specialty care? Yeah, sure. So thanks. Thanks so much, T, for having me today. It was uh, really great to chat with you about this this topic. But yeah, so I, I provide digital marketing services as kind of a, you know, a podiatrist who now uh, provides this for my colleagues or other medical specialists. You know, my real goal is to, you know, kind of consult with somebody, understand what their their goals and objectives are, and kind of build this kind of custom plan to to kind of execute on these things to really, you know, in a gradual, um, stepwise way, um, kind of help them develop and, and build the practice that they're excited to go to work to every day. Um, it's something that like, maybe I didn't necessarily have when I was in practice, but, uh, I think it's, it's been really fun for me to kind of collaborate with my, my colleagues to, to help them do this, to help them learn, uh, what, what ways of marketing themselves digitally, but also displaying their expertise. And I would say that, um, you don't have to like, as far as like kind of ending advice for everyone out there, um, there's a lot of information out there about marketing. You can learn a lot. It sounds like you learn a lot to yourself kind of both through trial and error and through reading things and doing things. But if you really want to you know, have the kind of practice of your dreams or the practice that you're excited to go to every day, um, people need to know who you are and what you do. And sometimes, you know, going through school or going through residency, or even if you're in a bigger practice for a while before you start your direct care practice, so a lot of this stuff is kind of taken care of for you. And it may not be something you might've had a practice management course or something, but it's not something that's taught to you, but, you know, just learning a little bit each day about how you can get that visibility, how you can make, you know, a connection with a, with a clinic or with another provider or give a community talk that gets you in front of 10 or 15 people to really help to spread the message of the great care you're providing um, is really, really important. So, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So I just recommend people just take some small steps forward each day. And, you know, you look back in a year or five years from now and you'll be uh, super excited about the practice you built and kind of where you're going with things. So yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been uh, it's great chatting with you there, T.
Oh, thank you so much for all of your insight. And uh, I hope to have you back so we can talk in detail because you gave us a lot of stuff in a very <laughs> little amount of time. <laughs> yeah, if people want to you know, check me out. My, I have a webpage, um, podiatrygrowth.com. They can go check out uh, what I do and some of the clinics I've worked with. And then each week, uh, like yourself, I release a podcast. Uh, my host, my co-host, uh, Tyson Franklin, and I host the Podiatry Marketing Podcast. So that can be found at podiatry.marketing or any podcast player. Awesome. Yes, I will put all those links down below. And Tyson's a great, great host. He's a great doctor. He's a great Aussie friend of ours. <laughs> for <laughs> so sure. Check him out. Great. Thanks so much. Uh, if you're listening, thanks for being here. I'll catch you next week. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe so more people like you can have access to another way of practicing medicine, the direct care way. Let's connect. Find my info in the show notes and send me your questions. It might be the topic for future episodes. And lastly, if you remember nothing else, remember this. Be the energy you want to attract. See you next time.